Hi, I'm Pastor Corey, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that path. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. Taking care of that piece, Lily, and I've had to repot it uh, because it kept growing and growing, and and it's beautiful to see there in the room. And one of the things I've noticed is if it goes too long without receiving water, it begins to droop. You you probably can relate to that and understand how that drooping. And it was just funny this week, I decided to take a picture of it as it was beginning to droop. And then I gave water to it. And then I took another picture uh, the next day. And it was amazing to see how much it had come back to life. And as I did that, I couldn't help but think, that's what Sundays are like for me. If I, as I go throughout the course of the week, I find myself beginning to droop. But Sunday, coming back to be able to have the opportunity to, to be with one another, to be able to, to worship, and, and goodness, to sing the, the, of how God's love never fails, it never gives up on us. Man, as we were singing that today, I was just feeling that uplifting. And so it's so good every time we have the opportunity to be together. So thank you so much, whether you're worshiping with us online or for those that have gathered here in person. And I know over the course of this week, as we watch the news, goodness, it's, it's frightening. <laughs> it's worrying. I, I know I've contacted Dr. Bellhorn probably more times than what he <laughs> prefers uh, with questions as we continue to face this pandemic. But thank you for the ways that we continue to try to live in covenant with one another and uplift one another and know that you are being prayed for as we continue to go through this. Let's pray now. God of grace and God of mercy, we give thanks. We give thanks for the opportunity we have to be together. We give thanks for the pouring out of the Holy Spirit that we have already received. Lord, as that Spirit has been poured out upon us, we feel our own spirits being filled. Lord, thank you. Thank you for that transformation that takes place every time we draw near to your throne. And Lord, we give thanks for your holy word, a word that reminds us of how you are faithful, that you are the one that provides us strength, You are our source of hope. And so now in these moments, Lord, may you continue to pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, transforming the words that proceed from my mouth, and as they fall upon our ears and penetrate our hearts, may they be changed into the word that we need to hear today as individuals and collectively as one body. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, Amen. When it comes to food, what kind of things tempt you? Some people have a sweet tooth. I, I'm, I feel fortunate, even though we do have the ice cream sundae, and trust me, I'm going to be partaking of that. Sweets really aren't my temptation. It's funny, we'll go out to eat, and, and when they say, would you like to see the dessert menu? I'm like, nah, I'm good. But the waiter can even come and bring that platter with all these wonderful things, it really doesn't move me. I'm just, I feel fortunate. Uh, and you're probably wondering, well, what is that temptation? Something salty? Oh. Something cheesy? Oh, oh, now we're talking. Chili cheese fries. Oh, my goodness. 
Oh my goodness. If you have never had chili cheese fries, then I feel sad. I feel sad. Chili cheese fries are undoubtedly my biggest temptation that I face when it comes to managing my diet. If we go out to eat somewhere and I see on the menu chili cheese fries, I am in trouble because I just can't say no to that ooey, cheesy goodness. It just is delightful. Now, now the thing is, you may not be tempted by chili cheese fries, but that doesn't mean that you are any better, okay? Because I know you've got some kind of food that is your worst temptation. You may think it, maybe it's chocolate or, or even worse, maybe it's coffee. And I say worse, it's not even worse. It's, they're all something. Every one of us has something that tempts us. And we may struggle with it. And it, it's really not that big of a deal. I mean, unless you eat too much, much of it in excess. The thing is, we all face some kind of temptation. We all are in this together. Maybe it's that temptation to pull into Starbucks once again through the drive-thru. Maybe it's a temptation to drive a little faster. And you can justify driving a little faster because maybe you're running late for church even. We can justify. Maybe your temptation is taking a second glance at that individual that you pass by in the grocery store. Maybe it's an extra pill to help cover the pain. Maybe it's the temptation to take something from work because, you know what, they don't pay you enough. You deserve it. Maybe it's not being completely honest on your taxes because, goodness, they're already taking enough, doesn't it seem? Now, I will not attempt to say that you will not be tempted. Attempt? Anybody? Thank you. Yeah, I always have to throw in one dad joke, I think. But Jesus knew about temptation. Jesus fully understood temptation. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record Jesus' time of temptation in the wilderness. They all record it in different ways, but each one mentions of a time that Jesus was led out into the wilderness at the very beginning of his ministry. After having been baptized, the scripture says that the Spirit led him into the wilderness. And there he was tempted by the devil. Now, we don't know. I'm curious how many other times the devil may have tempted Jesus. The Gospels don't record that, but I can't think that the devil knew what the stakes were and just decided, well, I'm out. Three strikes and I'm out. I can't help but think that throughout the remainder of his time, Jesus was faced with some sorts of temptation or test. Jesus knew that we all would face a temptation. He, all, he knew all of us would face some sort of test. We have since the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, Humanity would be tested and tried. And just like Adam and Eve, Jesus knew that we too would struggle with those temptations that we would face. And so as he's giving this prayer early in his ministry, as he's giving this prayer to his disciples and to those that are gathered there, he leads them through things that would be so important that we would speak to, that we would petition God 
for help. He teaches about how we might hallow or honor the name of God. We are to express a desire for God's kingdom to come here on earth just as it is in heaven. That we would accept God's will, which is so different than our will. That we would recognize a need to be completely dependent upon God every single day. One day at a time. And to focus on that day, that present. He, he reminded us to work in this request for forgiveness, but also reminding us of our need to forgive others. And today, we conclude the petitions of this prayer. Pastor Brad will finish up next Sunday as we conclude the Lord's Prayer. But today, this last petition. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Now, when we think of that word temptation, oftentimes we think of it in sort of a salacious kind of ways. I mean, we think about temptation, and it's almost like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And we are, we're, our minds begin to go to certain places. But the thing, thing is that the word that, that we use as temptation in the prayer, it, it probably would be better... Uh, translated in a different way. That word is the Greek word parasmus, parasmus. And that word is used throughout the scriptures in different places at different times to mean trial or test. Now, that gives a whole different understanding. See, that same word is the same word that is used to describe what Jesus endured in the wilderness. It's that same word that is used right here in the epistle of James. When James is talking about when we receive our trials, when you endure trials or tests, when you endure temptations, consider it joy. (laughs) I can't think that it's very easy for us to consider a test or a trial or a temptation to be something that would bring us such joy because they're tests. I mean, who's ever, and when you were in school, who looked forward to, yippee, I get to take a test today. I'm seeing a few heads going, yes. No, nobody ever looked forward to taking a test. Or when the teacher said, all right, pull out your piece of paper and a pen or a pencil. It's time for a pop quiz. Who got excited about pop quizzes? Nobody. The thing is, we go through life and we face pop quizzes, pop tests, pop temptations. Things pop up. Every day. And that temptation is something that begins to lead us away from God. When we face these temptations, it is a temptation to lead us further away from God. My favorite definition of the word sin is anything that takes us away from God. Sin is anything that takes us away from God. And these temptations that we face, they're things that begin to lead us away away from God. And so Jesus taught us to pray, when we pray, that we would pray the words, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Because this temptation, it weighs so heavy on us. There was a monk in Mount Athos, Greece, named Father Maximus who wrote about these five stages of temptation. 
and the, uh, the way that we think through temptation. Now, the very first stage, as he wrote, he wrote is that there's an assault on the mind. An assault on the mind. Now, that assault might be a thought or an idea of something that might be against God. For example, maybe you see that a coworker has left $5 out on their desk. Nobody's around. And you think, you know what? They never paid me back for the company Christmas party. And you see that $5 just sitting there. And the thought runs into your mind. Nobody would even know. Nobody's around. Nobody would see. The thought is that you might be able to take it. Now, that's the first stage of temptation. It's the assault on the mind. Now, the first stage is that first part that we are asking God, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver me from this thought. But the second stage of temptation is interaction. That's where we begin to enter into dialogue with that thought. That's when we begin to enter into this dialogue, interact with the idea of possibly acting upon this thing. You know, I deserve that $5. He owes me. He never paid me back. And this is just going to make things right. You know, when you have to start to convince yourself of the thoughts and the ideas that you know are wrong, when you start to begin to justify, you know you're leading down a path that is not where God would want us to be. You already know that you're wrong. So the third stage of that temptation is what we would call consent. It's when you begin to give in and you act upon that thought. That thought that first was an attack, an assault on the mind. One that you began to enter into dialogue with and interact. And you finally consent. And you take it. You act upon that thought. Well then, once we've acted upon it, the ice has been broken. That temptation has led us, a further, led us away from God. And once it's happened once, well then we enter into that fourth stage regarding temptation. The Father Maximus called captivity. That's where we have less and less resistance to those thoughts, to those ideas. And next thing you know, it leads into the final stage of temptation, a passion. Passion where addictions become obsessions. And it all starts with an assault on the mind. It all starts with this idea that pops in. And you know from the very start, it pops into your mind that it's not something that you should dwell upon. But sooner or later, you begin to act upon those thoughts. Rick Warren in Purpose Life wrote that you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop it from building a nest there. You know, when those thoughts fly over our heads, we can't stop it from flying over our head. You can't stop those things that are going to pop in. The devil is going to pop quiz you every day, and you're going to face that temptation. But you don't have to let that thought build a nest. You don't have to let that thought build a home. When we deal with those temptations, when we encounter them, that's where we come to the prayer 
And that's where we come to the scripture that James wrote. As James was writing, James said in this, that blessed is anyone who endures temptation. Such a one has stood the test and will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. And here's the part that gets me. No one, when tempted, should say, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. You know, so many times we face these temptations, and we may even act upon and think about, oh, well, God did this test in my life. That's not the way I understand it. But when it does pop up, when those things encounter, we know that those are the things, those thoughts, the ideas that are the first step that will lead us to begin to fall away from God. And so Jesus taught us to pray. Lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into tests. Lead us not into trials. But when we are in those tests, when we are in those trials, when we are faced with that temptation, that God, you can do things that I can't do. Deliver me. Deliver us from evil. See, we may not be able to do it on our own, but that's what Jesus is telling us. That we can lean upon God to deliver us from that thought. Deliver us from that evil. Today, maybe you yourself have found yourself somewhere on those five stages of temptation. Maybe you yourself have found yourself going further than you ever thought or had imagined you would. The beautiful thing is, even when we fail, even when we fall, there's nothing you can do to separate yourself from the love of God. There's nothing you could ever do, no matter how many times we may fail, no matter how many times we may fall, no matter how many times we may find ourselves drifting away from God. God is always there with his arms wide open, ready to welcome you back because there's nothing you can do to make God stop loving you. And today, I give thanks for that knowledge give thanks for that hope that we have in him. And I give thanks for the strength of God that delivers us from evil. Let us pray. Lord God, we know that we will face temptations. We know that we will face trials, hardships, tests, quizzes. Lord, when we face those things, we realize how weak and frail we are. We find ourselves dwelling upon those ideas, those thoughts. But Lord, in the name of Jesus, may those thoughts be cast away. Lord, give us that strength to call upon your name, a name unlike any other the only name that can truly deliver us. So today, Lord, wherever we may be, whatever our circumstances, whatever our tests, our trials, and our temptations may be that we face, may we face them knowing we are not alone, but the love of God is right there with us. Lord, we pray these things today in the name of our Lord Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, Amen.
Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.